0: From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Kyle Parrish from Mixpacks. Kyle, it's really nice to have you
1: on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited. So Kyle, tell me a bit about yourself and your background.
1: Oh boy, where to start? I'll focus on the most interesting stuff because people don't really care about the the personal stuff, but I've been in the Bay Area longer now than where I grew up, which was Santa Barbara. Lived in California my whole life. Came up here to go to school and play water polo at Santa Clara and just stayed. I met my wife at Santa Clara. We didn't start dating then, but we started dating after college. And I have found careers in sales in the Silicon Valley, basically my whole career. I started out for a very short period of time in the semiconductor industry and then switched over to a career in software. And that's where I've been ever since. Always in sales, 20 plus years with sales in my title and have loved almost every minute of it. We can talk about the, the times that I haven't loved so much at some point here in the future.
0: That's awesome. So tell me about what you're up to these days at MixMax.
1: Yeah, Mixmax is an amazing opportunity. The company is actually a little over six years old and has been doing very well since the very beginning. They started off with a little different strategy than what we have today, which is they were going direct to consumers. And the idea was people would come to the website, buy the service, and they didn't need a direct sales team. The service was such a hit that they found that big companies, people from big companies were coming and signing up and um, they needed a direct sales team to be able to handle those larger opportunities and so um, about halfway through their existence at this point they started a direct sales team I only started a couple of months ago I started about eight months ago i leading the sales team here it has been an amazing journey so far and I've actually seen Mixmax go through probably one or two different versions of itself just in the eight months that I've been here as all startups should if you're uh, of a fast moving, early stage startup, you should iterate, you should improve, and you should be changing every so often to meet with company dynamics as well as market dynamics. Nice. I realized that I didn't answer your question about what Mixmax does. So if you want me to go into that, I certainly yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Cool. So Mixmax is, we consider the category sales acceleration. And what that means is we automate a lot of the manual tasks that salespeople whether they're salespeople as in aes or sdrs or even other revenue generating functions like customer success we automate a lot of the functions that they have to do manually without that type of software and unlike some of our competitors we are generally thought of as the easiest to use the easiest to implement fastest time to value and what that translates to is high adoption and we have a unique strategy in that we're built on top of gmail And it allows the users to never have to leave their Gmail instance, which is where a lot of AEs and CSMs live all day. Anyway, SDRs might be a little different. They they can sometimes live in other web apps and things like that, but that's where those reps want to live every single day. We allow them to stay there and automate and be more productive with the tasks that we um, don't make them do manually.
0: Nice. Well, that's awesome. Who is your core target market than Other sales teams, it sounds
1: like? Absolutely. It's a lot of fun selling to sales. I've done it at other times in my career, most notably at places like Salesforce. But selling to sales is just fun because I get it and they get me and I understand a day in the life. And that's a little different than selling to finance or IT because I've never been a finance or IT person. But yeah, the, our core target market really is. Companies on the smaller side, we don't go after the large enterprise. We don't even really go after the small enterprise. I would say we are, I wouldn't say we are definitely number one with SMB and we bleed into the mid market a little bit, but our, the bullseye on our ICP is companies that are probably 75 employees up to about 500, something like that.
0: Nice. Oh, very cool. So what's this year been like for you guys in terms of sales and
1: all that? Yeah. This year is early, but we were just talking about it before we started the, the, the podcast that this year has been good to us. And I see this year as an inflection point for Mixmax as a whole. We've done a lot of things in the eight months that I've been here that have improved the way that we go to market. And we've still got a long way to go, but we're starting to see the fruits of that labor translate into success and a whole lot more opportunities. And this year is looking up versus last year, which for a lot of companies out there and a lot of people personally, it couldn't be worse than last year. (laughs) That's a good thing. But we were definitely impacted by COVID pretty significantly because we sell to salespeople. And when COVID really hit in February, March, April, A lot of salespeople were the first people to lose their jobs. And when that happens, companies who are existing customers come to you and say, Hey, we don't have all these people anymore. We don't want to pay for these seats. And new customers say, Hey, look, we're not evaluating sales technology right now. So it was a difficult time for us, but we saw the worst part of it, March, April, May, maybe even a little bit of June. And then we started to come out of it at the end of last year. And, And certainly it's looking good for this year. Oh,
0: that's great. What would you say is your greatest challenge now at this point as you look to the year ahead?
1: Yeah, there, there's a ton of challenges. We're a small company. In so many ways, we're a series A company. And in, in some ways, we have a lot more maturity to us. So we're an interesting balance because the company has been going on for a lot of years, for six plus years. And so there is some maturity in our in, in the things that we do. The biggest challenges for us are how do we build a product for our ideal customer profile, our ICP, and how do we serve that market with a singular focus on making sure that our customers are successful. Our North Star this year, and, and last year as well, is net revenue retention. And what that means to us is ensuring that we sell to the right types of companies that are happy with our solution and are going to renew and are going to expand because we obviously have a, a land and expand type of business where we may land with a smaller company or a smaller team within a company and then expand drastically throughout the year, either through organic expansion okay, we get more of the sales team or we get other teams like the SDR team and the CS team. For us, it's figuring out what our target market is and we've done that and we're addressing that market and then being singularly focused on making sure that we are the best fit, the best product for that target market.
0: Nice, I love that. How do you go about building these long-term relationships with customers? It sounds like part of that is your land and expand and I'd love to hear more about that. And then what are other ways in which you keep these partnerships going for a long time?
1: Yeah, uh, like I said, it's our North Star. So we put a lot of time and effort into thinking about the strategy and what makes sense. It's going to sound a little cheesy, but I'll say we put the customer at the forefront of everything that we think about. And if a customer gives us feedback about product or about even sales and marketing strategies and how we communicate with them we take that to heart and we incorporate that in all the things that we think about and do in our strategy internally because anyone in sales knows it's much easier to keep a current customer and and maybe to have them spend a little bit more with you than it is to go out and find a net new one right the customer uh, acquisition costs can be quite high whereas existing customers, you already have a relationship, you already have a friendly person that you're talking to, or hopefully many people that you're talking to. And so it's easier to expand with those customers. So um, putting that that customer happiness, customer uh, satisfaction at the forefront of everything that we do, and then figuring out how they're going to grow. It's being a, a real business partner to them and not just asking closed-ended questions, both in sales and customer success, do you know what the plan is for next year? But thinking about how we ask open-ended questions that really drive a deeper relationship with our customers, tell me about your strategic goals for next year. And then let's find a way that we can fit into those and help you achieve those goals.
0: Nice. I love it. So you're obviously a very accomplished sales professional. you got tons of experience, tons of wisdom and knowledge. What key advice would you give other, to other sales leaders and their teams? in terms of sales and deals and building these relationships and just everything you've learned, what's the key
1: advice that you give? Ooh, wow, uh, way to put the pressure on. Okay, I have a couple of answers for different situations. One is externally with customers. I, anyone who has ever worked with me or heard me on calls or seen strategy about how I think about interacting with customers, it's put them first. Don't be selfish, don't get on a discovery call and make it seem like a rundown of the questions that you have to ask them to find out if it's a qualified call. Truly be interested in what their business is and how you can potentially help solve a problem for them. And then understand what that pain is at a deep level. There's two words that that I live by in sales that will probably be on my sales gravestone when I exit the industry it's discovery and quantification. Good discovery is the cornerstone of any solid sales process and sales opportunity management. And that's truly understanding what the pain is at a visceral level, right? The first level, second level, third level pain. And and we can get into what those are at some point later, but, but really understanding how your solution is going to solve something that they feel and recognize the pain for. And then the second part is quantifying that. So they can say, hey, we've got a real problem in our sales department. Our our salespeople just spend a ton of their time with manual operations. And decent salespeople or poor salespeople may just leave it there and say, oh, wow, it sounds like you guys have a time management problem. A great salesperson goes the next step down and says, tell me about how much time. Tell me about how many salespeople you have and how, and then if you really wanted to get into it, I wouldn't suggest it right here, but maybe further down in the sales process, how much do you pay your salespeople per hour to do these manual tasks? And then you start to get to a quantification of what this is actually costing them. Notice I have not said ROI at all because I I firmly do not believe ROI is introduced to this early in the sales process. But a quantification of what this problem is costing them is going to get them to say, yes, this is a priority or no, we can live without it for a little while longer. So that was long for me to get to this point, but I firmly believe that if you show an active interest in the customer and how you may be able to be a business partner to them and solve their problems, that will that will generate this relationship that all salespeople really want, which is a trusting, long-lasting, open, and honest relationship. Nice. I love it. So there, there is the other part of the question that you ask about sales leadership. So I'll, ask, I'll answer the internal part. What's the secret to dealing with a sales team? It's two words for me. It's servant leadership. It's never about me. It's never about my needs. It's never about my glory. It's about how do I remove barriers for my sales team to be successful? How do I think about them being successful because they are the ones that sell the deals, not me. I may be involved in deals, but I will never take credit for selling a deal because that is an account executive and an SDR who found it and a CS person who is gonna enable it and and run the relationship with them long-term. Those are the people who deserve the credit for wins and ongoing success. And so if you think about how can I spend every day of my working life making their job easier, you have high morale, you have high retention, you have um, high performance even. People want to perform in an organization that invests in their success and ensures that that they can make money, right? That's the easiest measuring stick. And beyond that, how can you invest in them so that they can get better at their job so that they can then be promoted to the next job.
0: Love it. That's awesome. And the next
1: job in the next job in the next job.
0: Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> awesome. Hey, thanks so much for joining and uh, sharing all your thoughts and wisdom here and everything. I, I really appreciate it. It was awesome to
1: have you on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Brad. Yeah.